Welcome to the Theo 101 Pop Culture Smackdown Land episode. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about, does God have a favorite place? Does God have a chosen place anymore on earth? Are there any particular places that are holy? Which, if you call a place on earth holy, by the way, is that not implying that there are some places that are not, not either not holy or not as holy? That's exactly right. We are going to be to be debating whether or not God still has a special chosen place, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm I think that this one, despite its pedestrian potential for, to sound boring or inconsequential, this one is actually kind of explosive. Oh, it's a huge deal right now. In fact, I mean, just today and just yesterday, for those of you who are listening. <laughs> This could be any day and time. Yeah, Israel and its state in the world mm-hmm. is a of perpetual interest. Oh, totally. To like Americans and people beyond the U.S. and so yeah, and and people often are drawing on the Bible when they talk about that. Oh, totally. So I mean, people are obsessed with Israel, Israel's place. I mean, the entire conflict about the land mm-hmm. there is predicated on the idea that maybe God does have a special place, although it bleeds into just human political wranglings to the extent where one wonders then whether God isn't being dragged in kind of on the side to people's own preferences and so on. I remember when I was a child reading um, about Israel in the Bible, I had this idea that it was this huge place and that it it just loomed really large in my imagination. And then someone pointed out the the nation of Israel to me on a map, like a huge world map. And I was like, wow, a very tiny nation has a huge footprint in terms of its like it, its status in the oh, world. Oh yeah, I mean Israel. For, for for those of you local to the Pacific Northwest who might be listening, I mean you could think of Israel like if you picture kind of like the Portland Willamette Valley area down to Salem and like that kind of area and a little bit south. That's how big Israel is. So you can drive it yeah. in way less than a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's about the, it's about the size of like Vermont or New Hampshire. Wow. So if you if you pictured a state like that and just plunked it down, if if that helps you to visualize it, I guess it's so small and yet so central to to our thinking about whether or not God has a favorite place. Does God have a chosen place mm-hmm. on earth? Um, and in the lecture this week, we're thinking about the land, the, right. the people of Israel, their relationship to the land, mm-hmm. and God's relationship to the land. So mm-hmm. Dr. Doak and I are going to be considering, is it still special? Is Israel still special? Does God, or, you know, it could even be that, I mean, uh, I guess particular. Uh, one particular angle one could take is that God does have a chosen place on earth that it's just not Israel, that it's somewhere else. Right. Although you don't really could hear people lots of different places. You don't really hear people arguing that though. Like God has a chosen place on earth and it is Salem, Oregon. Well, you know, I call <laughs> Oregon God's country. Yes. And I mean it from it's the bottom of my heart. That's a fair thing to say. <laughs> but does God choose some places to be holy, some specific places? Yeah, or is the whole earth equally holy, or has God, you know, maybe chosen to reveal himself spatially in some ways, but not in a way that we can say that God has a special place on earth? So, okay, so the pro issue is is arguing, yes, there are some, there are some chosen places, not just chosen people, but chosen places. The yes. con is saying, nope, um, that idea I, has expired. I think both. I think both pro and con, from a Christian perspective, acknowledges that God is involved with the earth. That God cares mm-hmm. about our mm-hmm. land. Oh, certainly, certainly. So there's no sense. It's just are their favorite. Are ones. their favorite? Are some privileged above above others as as specially chosen places? Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to argue this with you. Um, I think we should 
toss a coin. Should mm-hmm. I be the coin toss person? And we are digitally tossing a coin here. <laughs> the discovery of the digital toy class is prob- uh, coin toss is probably one of the top five discoveries in human history. It's really good for a podcast because you don't want to be throwing a nickel around Although in here. Although, <laughs> would people like to hear, though, a coin <laughs> bouncing around on the table? <laughs> probably. Um, but let's leave it up to the Google. Let's not answer that question for now about what you would like. And let's go Google on this. We, okay. should, we should do a, fl- a coin flip about how we should do coin flips. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay, you call it. Did you flip it already? Nope. Mm, tails. Drum roll, please. Tails, you win. Okay. Just, you know, when you win a coin toss, I mean, how, how, why should I feel good about that? But I like do. Lady I Fortune is on your <laughs> side. <laughs> I feel good about winning a coin toss. Yes, Some sprightly music. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, what's that sprite? So you have three minutes to I'll take on a position I of choose, your choice. I choose pro. Oh, I choose okay. pro. There are still special places. There are still special places. You tell me when to start my okay. three minutes, and I it. will cobble together a super coherent argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, we always got to start there. Okay, let's recognize this: the ancestors see that God is in certain places. I'm mm. thinking of. Abram and Sarai, they're asked to leave their homeland. Why? Because God wants them to go somewhere else. They build altars in particular places, and that must mean something. Okay, uh, the, pa- uh, the patriarch Jacob, he's at a place called Bethel. He lays down. He sees God. He's like, oh, I didn't recognize, but you were totally in this place. So that sense of place and of nations, the table of nations, the genealogy, puts a lot of emphasis on places. And God seems to be in particular places. Now, I'm going to go nuclear on this. What? If God did not have a favorite place namely Israel, then what what are we doing in the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and the book of Joshua? Those books would be kind of pointless in their absolutely relentless emphasis on the land and which land Israel will occupy, okay? Um, so, so they're not pointless, I'm arguing. They have a purpose, and that purpose is to point out how special Israel actually is. Okay, now, um, a- admittedly, I do admit this. Uh, God's choice of the land of Israel is more compelling and obvious in the Old Testament, but I think we have to take that pattern seriously, and I think the New Testament authors do too. The New Testament, and this is about biblical interpretation more generally, is not just like, it doesn't just magically change things. Like, the New Testament isn't like a card that you play in Uno, like reverse. <laughs> like, you just play the New Testament, it's like a reverses the flow of everything. No, it's continuity. Why did Jesus appear to Israel, in Israel? If God wanted to send a message about the meaning of some other land, the Jesus drama could have appeared elsewhere. There could have been all kinds of gestures that way. But it's the New Testament is still Israel-centric in terms of land. Um, it doesn't mean it doesn't go anywhere else, because it does. Jesus' followers go out into the world, but they radiate out from Israel. Uh, I will say this also. The image of a renewed earth and a city of God at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation is a new Jerusalem. It's not just like a. It's not just anywhere. It's not just everywhere. It's a very particular place. Um, in a chapter like Isaiah 56, which I think we've discussed, um, well, we will discuss, I think, at some point in a podcast um, in this course, foreigners are invited in, into the sacred um, space. So it's like, yay, God has no boundaries, no, no favorite places, but wait. They're invited to the holy mountain, to Zion. That is a code word for Jerusalem. Isaiah 2 also has this imagery. Our own experience, finally, I will say, can testify to this. There are places that just feel holier than, than some other places. Oh, I've got 30 seconds, okay. Uh, there's nothing better than someone holding up a clock ticking downward to you. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know you doing a good job. There are some places that just, I think I think our own spirits kind of testify this, and it's not evidence in and of itself, but 
you know, is it in our own head that some places feel like like a place that God has blessed? Maybe. But actually, the scriptures seem to testify to the fact that God's spirit does dwell in particular places. Uh, and also that, um, um, you know, the spirits of this world dwell in other places. And so this idea that God has a space, has solid biblical backing, and that place is Israel. Oh. Whoa. Oh. Very good. Okay. Ooh, okay, that was a breathless breathless one there that was that was a tour de force there tour Dr. de force <laughs> i don't know what you're gonna do now <laughs> okay so it is my duty and honor to represent the con position on your mark gets that go okay i will acknowledge that certainly especially in the hebrew scriptures jerusalem and israel are the place god's special place and the people and the land and god all go together and they're intertwined and that's especially important when you think about people in the land related to other peoples and other lands. Um, but I, I would accept that argument if it weren't for one person, the mm. third person of the Christian Trinity, mm. the Holy Spirit. I think the way that the Holy Spirit was poured out in the early church changes. It doesn't invalidate that relationship, but it changes the relationship to the land. So in the decades right after the birth of the church, the temple in Jerusalem is destroyed right and early christians didn't know what to do especially um since most of them were jews and we know from reading the old testament how important the land is to the people of israel mm -hmm. for christians though they with insights from the power of the holy spirit and a few extraordinary visions uh to people like the apostle peter they grew to understand that their relationship to god was not limited to jewish identity and also transcended the idea of a special land being tied to their special relationship with god so scholars often call christianity the first global or world religion because it was in a way that hadn't wasn't done in other religious groups it was able to transcend and to travel really well what energized this travel? Well, it was in part a refusal to believe that the God of Israel could be tied to one specific place or to a specific people. Instead, this image of the temple, which, of course, our students know that the temple is the most sacred place in all of Israel, a, a sacred nation, um, the, God's temple. That's where God dwells. Well, what, what do you do when the temple, the actual physical space is destroyed? The people of God... Uh, the Christian church began to emphasize that the temple is now the people, the Christians themselves in who the spirit of God dwells. So 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 says, do you not know that you, you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Mm. That to me is the the kicker, right? That's the thing that I think wins that argument, which is that th there is no particular place for that. We, any people who gather together, um, are the people of God. And we're also called um, a royal priesthood. Does that mean that we're all literally priests like in Israel? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that the office of the priest has changed. So just the, like the way that we think of um, the priesthood as being something different after the Holy Spirit arrives in Acts 2 and kind of and transforms the church and energizes the church and takes it global. So the idea of the land has been transformed. Um, we are now the temple. So the actual seconds. literal temple doesn't have the same meaning that it had before. So I think that it's good news because that means more and more people can ca actually come and be a part of the church doesn't you don't have to actually go to a particular place you don't have to be on a pilgrimage you can actually experience um the holiness and the land of god as god's temple the end
I think give you the buzzer there. Uh, you went eh, over. Eh, eh. You oh, wait, it. I did? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I oh no, you just you just blew right through. You saw that boundary? You were like, do you... The spirit of God was moving me. Kids, I, it transcended. You know, sometimes you can't stop. Have you ever watched the Dukes of Hazard kids out there? Is that still a show? <laughs> we, the Dukes we of Hazard. ourselves so bad. They race. Okay, this is 1980s. Yep. They race toward a boundary. Yeah. They're being chased. But yep. you know what? Do they stop at a boundary? No, they blow right no through way. it. No way. They do. And there's like a slow-mo <laughs> shot of the car turning over. The car somehow, despite the fact that it's not really even going up a ramp, always mm-hmm. like ramps upward in a jump somehow. Yep. Like that's Luke and Bo Duke. Get out of Luke this and one. Bo Duke. That's, t- um, that's TV show that's physics. That's for your parents, kids. That's for the parents. Uh, yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So some points that so I thought you made okay. really well, uh, because as you remember, students, we... We spend a little bit of time discussing, and I like to identify good points. I yes. think that my Start opponent, with a good point from the other. yeah, I think that my opponent made a really strong argument for the fact that just the number of times that mm. the land of Israel is mentioned, mm-hmm. and just the size and scope of the Hebrew scriptures, is very hard mm-hmm. to say. Nope, there's nothing special about that place, mm-hmm. and especially you brought up to me your strongest argument was was revelation mm-hmm. like jesus is going to come back to the new jerusalem mm-hmm. so how do you say that's not important yeah um i thought a great argument that you made just had to do and and and, and we know students we're making a lot of appeal to like very specific biblical books and things many we're of which we have there. not read yet we're so don't there. don't if, if you're like wait acts corinthians what like where like what are they even talking about like we're referring to places in the bible that could bolster our, our view or not mm-hmm. about whether the land is important I thought that the overall appeal to the New Testament and the movement there, that mm. it gets like bigger, that it goes out into the world, I think is a really strong one against it just being like Israel, Israel, Israel. God has a favorite place. It's just this place. Um, even within that, though, I think that there are some things to quibble about, as we will sure. to continue to do in our persona here for about four more minutes. Sure. Go Namely for it. this. Like you cite the you cite First Corinthians three, this passage about being God's temple and so on. I thought that that was fantastic. What a passage! What a great <laughs> passage. <laughs> However, I just don't think that this has anything to do with the land, really. Like it's about, it's about a, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's about a person. It's like yeah, I didn't grow, you know, I don't have my body doesn't become like I don't have pillars and bricks on my body because it says that I'm God's temple. Like clearly, there's a kind of a metaphor here about a spiritual reality about what the human body means and what it means for God to dwell in us. I don't think that negates the importance of the land, but you seem to argue that a reality like that would basically render the land irrelevant. Well, I read this pastorally and maybe this, you know, one of the things students that's, that's hard to do is we're not exactly sure when these books were written Mm -hmm. and we know that there are certain historical things that happen. So I mentioned several times that the temple had been destroyed and that that was a major crisis for the early church mm-hmm. um, that had been so tied so closely to um, to Judaism. And so I read that as a pastoral like word of comfort. Mm-hmm. Like you may have thought that this temple was so important, mm-hmm. but actually you are the temple. That to me says, well, what? why is the land of Israel important? Well, it's because it's where the spirit of God dwells. Mm-hmm. And the spirit, the the house for God is now the people. They could be anywhere. In fact, in that case, they're in Corinth. So that's why I think. No, that's right. But I think that that point there, that's even, I think that's even better for the, for the, for the pro, which is to say, you know, yes, even though you've, you've been, you've been forced to leave or something's been destroyed, that's actually important. You can still kind of take it with you like in this way. Um, Yeah. I just don't think it connects back to the idea that the land then becomes unimportant what about this idea that i mean as you admit that it really does loom so large like 
I mean, spiritually, can you just make a switch like that? Like, okay, you know, like no, three fourths of the Bible, know. it was really going on Israel, but now it's like, well, okay, now we're done with that because, like, you know, Jesus came to save us all or something. Well, I think that speaks to the, you know, from a con position, I think that just speaks to the pivotal nature of the the person of Jesus Christ. He's mm-hmm. the embodiment of Israel. Mm-hmm. He is the fulfillment of the law and everything uh, that we know about God. Mm-hmm is is the person of jesus so i think he's the ultimate game changer so when he like in his person how can i argue with that jesus is the ultimate well i'm just saying in his person and (laughs) and when he sends his spirit you know how does he send it he doesn't reconstruct the temple he doesn't he doesn't make the land he doesn't bring people to the land Mm -hmm. he in a sense takes the land to them Mm -hmm. and he expands i think to me the my point is strongest when <laughs> I'm when I say that he expands the people of God to where the land is almost immaterial after that. Uh-huh. That's that's so my question for you. I had a question for you mm-hmm. about wait, how are we doing on our time? here? Oh, uh, we still got like two minutes of open sparring. Oh, OK. I mean, I think that, you know, you bring up the idea that you could feel like a place is holier. I think the only way we could test that would be to have some sort of like measure where you go to Israel and then you have like a like a divining rod or something like that where you try and figure <laughs> out like uh yep. I don't know measure the feelings measure the heart rate measure the heart rate like a uh, ghost I, hunters kind of a now, thing now that yes now that point is 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 not not the strongest one I'm only suggesting that I think there's some testimony inside the human spirit like a inside, part of your heart inside yeah. of our psyche that says that that conceptually that there are some places well, where, I will say where you could feel closer to God. There are tons of tours that go to the Holy Land yeah. um, and not just Christians. Yeah, so I it's true. I, I think, too, you could make arguments, too. I mean, this 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 gets really crazy, but you could start to say, like, Israel, Israel has this important place at the land bridge. It's, um, you know, if 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 you see, you know, humans as having you know, any kind of beginning moving out of the African continent, the land bridge is Israel through which people passed. It's, it's a, oh, yeah, it's a site for early okay. human occupations. It had like this huge military importance. So it's almost like God has written Israel's importance on the structure of the earth itself. Whoa. In the long that kind is of a perspective. Grand, now granted, grand maybe airplanes it. now have made that a little less relevant and so on because we're not like having wars on horses anymore and you can do stuff in ships. But... <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll go back to some horse, horse warfare. We might. <laughs> we might. <laughs> okay. Okay. What a profound point to end the yes, open discussion horses. on. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Is it the big reveal? Okay. And I think it's the big reveal. Who should reveal first? Do you want to reveal first or should I? You, you reveal first. I will reveal my actual. What is your actual position? Position. I'm a strong con on this one. Whoa. I'm a strong con. But you argued so well for pro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. What is, uh, why, why yeah, con? I, you know, I think, I think that that land has, uh, certainly land is literal. It's, it's there. It's physical. It has a real reality. It's really important in the Old Testament. I do think, though, that always, even within the Old Testament itself, though, there was always a seed of a much bigger mm, idea mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, god does get god does promise israel to abraham and sarah and that's super important but then there's also this other hint is always there that you'll be a blessing to all peoples on earth so it's like you could think of israel as being like a like a passageway or a path both literally and symbolically that people take 
but it's not the destination it's the path mm. and then the other symbolic realities of yes where we're going it's a heavenly jerusalem but i think um um you know i think actually i made the argument in the debate about isaiah 56 the motif of the foreigners coming to the holy mountain right and i said okay but where are they coming to the holy mountain zion okay but actually, I think the opposite argument is true here. Yes, they're coming to the, the whole mountain, but that's a bigger concept than just Jerusalem, I think, spiritually. The imagery is, is Jerusalem-centric, but you've got to use something. Jerusalem's not actually even a mountain, by the way, but rather Jerusalem and its mountain Zion kind of imagery. It's a spiritual topography. So I think that... Um, I also think, by the way, and I will just put this out there just to rile people up, I think the notion that God has a special holy place on earth is offensive. Like it just doesn't, I think it doesn't, I think it's offensive to scripture to the sense that I'm arguing now in my real position, but it's also like, oh great. Now we're going to like fight over the holy place. Like that, this well, is what this causes. If human if history has a lot of examples. Of that. I know yeah. a lot of really bad examples and it, you know, who knows? Maybe, it, maybe God really does want us to have a, have wars over special places. But I think that, I think that with, yeah, there's something that happens with Jesus where, where the holy pervades everything now. The, the temple of the curtain is torn into all that kind of symbolism. And I think that as Christians today, we've got to go with the view that, in fact, the land is, is everywhere in a sense. Like a, a slum, an alleyway, a forest, even in the most inauspicious place, is God's place. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's, what, that's what I really think. Um, I could be persuaded, though. And now wow. it is time to see Dr. Payne. My position, I am a strong pro. Oh, I actually. So I we, actually did the, we did the, we did the opposite the argument. Reversal, we did the reversal. reversal. With an asterisk. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So I, there are many people who will argue that Israel, mm-hmm. um, like the biblical concept of Israel, is equal to the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. And that the state of Israel has a lot of importance <laughs> based on... I just took a picture of her during this. <laughs> I, we need to have stuff for the I socials, know, okay? I know, I know. Um, but the, the, the state of Israel is important because it's a part of like the prophetic events foretold in the book of Revelation. That is a particular theological position mm-hmm. that I do not take or hold. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the idea of like the nation of Israel is equal in in value and in substance to um, the state of Israel, the one that was created in the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm. So that is a big asterisk. Um, but what that's a huge asterisk. Well, I think for some people that would be for some people who is, would take the proposition, is. that would be a really different form of the proposition. It is a different form, but it's a very popular one. So I felt like I needed to mm. name it no, and say that, that that's not the yeah. position that I am taking. Yeah, okay. Um, for a lot of different reasons, and maybe we can get into that when we get further into the semester. Um, but the position that I am taking is that uh, this, I don't, I, I, you know, you brought up this point in your argument, which is that the book of Revelation mm. ends with a very particular land, and I'm not willing to call that symbolic. Mm. I I think that symbolism is, a, a symbolic readings are really important, but I also think that concrete, like, I don't want to use the word literal, but the like concrete readings mm. are are a part of this story too, especially when the idea of land keeps coming up again and again. Mm. So I do think Israel mm. has special importance. Mm. Um, but I will also say, mm. and I know that you can, you know, people can easily dismiss this as anecdotal, but for me personally, mm. I do experience certain places as different. Now we we could say that that is like my own subjective experience. 
that may be true, but it is a widely <laughs> reported subjective experience. Yeah, no, agreed. It is. So I think I am. I, I'm a fan of this. Is super Easter egg for people who want to nerd out on religious studies and stuff. I'm a fan of a guy named William James, who is an American student of religion. And James was like not willing to close the door on mystical thinking or mystical experiences. And I'm not either. Mm -hmm. I think that there are certain places that are special. Right. Um, But this is, I think this is where our positions maybe actually do overlap though in your, in your different version of a pro here than what I think a lot of people would take if they took the pro, which is yes, exactly. You could be like, you could be at a dirty pond out back of like a factory, some like refuse pond and you could reach down and touch the water and feel like you were being baptized. That's the kind of mystical understanding mm. I think that would fit mm. really well into your thing. But it's also one that God hasn't chosen exactly the borders of the land of the state of Israel today. It's anywhere. It can be anywhere that you are. Well, yeah, except for I will say that so there are certain places that that tend to garner like more consensus about their spiritual spirituality. Mm-hmm. So for example, like in this country, New Orleans, I've never met anyone who didn't come away like from visiting that city going like, wow, that was like a spiritually alive kind of a place. Oh, my gosh. Have you been? I've been to New Orleans one time and I have to put an asterisk here because it was for a conference and that's a very different experience of a city. Yeah. I hated New Orleans what? as a city. I just did not have a uh, good time there. Uh, my inner historian loves I actually love the restaurants, it. though. Oh, well, yeah. And it was clearly absolutely. beautiful. They're beautiful absolutely. people. It's absolutely. not about it's not about people or anything like that. Yeah. I just thought I, I was not spiritually awakened by New Orleans. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I, so I'm just like using it yeah, for it's an example. example. It's an I think, example. OK, Gettysburg. Haven't been there. Have you been? No, I haven't. Oh. But that's one place where lots of people talk yeah. about like having some sort of like yeah. there's something distinct about. Oh, that truly. Place. And you go to ma- you go to like a beautiful mountain range or you go up to the base of Mount Hood or something like yeah. very few people are going to walk away and be like, yeah, that place sucks. Like, you know, I mean, but. But I still think, though, I mean, this is where we, we, we kick it now back to you, students. Yes. Like, is it just about... Is it the place or is it the person? Is it the place? Is it the person? Is it... Wh- what have you seen in the story so far that we've read? Why all this focus on the land? That's actually a challenging point for my actual position, which is, was God just wasting time putting all this focus on Israel if, in fact, it was just all to be spiritualized at some point later? So answer us. Let us know. All right. All right. <laughs>